Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. The Culture Classroom is powered by Pro Quick Draw. Clinic season is right around the corner. Are you ready? Pro Quick Draw is here to get you organized. Listen to our sponsor as they talk about the effectiveness for building your playbook with Microsoft Visio and PowerPoint. ProQuickDraw is the Microsoft Playbook development system that is centered on increasing your efficiency in drawing plays, generating scouting reports, creating scout cards, drawing within PowerPoint and Visio. Build your library of plays from scratch or by using the PQD folder system. Utilize our Visio stencils or PowerPoint shape library to help you draw your plays. Create your playbook by adding drawings from your library to a custom template to help organize your final playbook. PQD will resize your drawing based on the template that you have chosen. We believe we have the tools that can help you become a better coach. Well, joining us in the classroom tonight is an old face, Nick Winkler. And uh, Coach Winkler, we really appreciate you coming in. You kind of have this landmark new idea about culture. And Coach Weaver and I are super excited that you've chosen to share it with us and our audience. So welcome to the classroom. Yeah, well, thank you guys for having me back. Uh, this is this is a pretty special opportunity, so I appreciate it. And um, yeah, so one of, one of the things that we've kind of been talking about, I guess, uh, different times, different places, but it's kind of come together is the idea of a culture cycle and defining a culture. So it, it's really like the E plus R equals O equation that it fits and you and you can make it fit to your program. And uh, the, the way that we've kind of, I guess, discussed it and come up with is it's like the retweet symbol or the culture is always the problem, but it's always the solution. And it's the retweet symbol and the fact that it's always it's working in a cycle. And, um, you know, so there, there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be solutions, but it all comes back to culture and what your program and how you define your program and those behaviors and everything. Uh, but there, there's an interesting perspective. It's what lens you're looking through because you can be the person that just identifies the problems and then it's, it becomes, it's not a cycle, right? You, you've just identified the landmark problem of, well, our culture is really bad. Right. Um, but when you do that, then you never really have an idea of what a good culture is, or you're never able to bring that out to people. And the, the flip side is, well, the culture is always the solution. Well, if you haven't identified the problem, then how can the culture be the solution, right? Like, you know, there's, there's got to be a problem in order to have a solution. So really in order for it to be a spike, a cycle, you, you have to be able to, um, have to be able to identify it as the problem and also the solution and then look for ways to adjust and uh, kind of fit that. This segment is brought to you by GameStrat, the most reliable, advanced, and fastest sideline replay system on the market. GameStrat is simple and easy to use, comes with 24-7 support and a money-back guarantee. Choose GameStrat for all your game day needs. You can also use the promotional code CCP to receive $100 off your subscription for a year. You know, since I've been at Clintonville High School, um, you know, the, the initially coming in, one of the big things that we've had or that we've been challenged with is, well, we need to get more kids in the weight room, right? So that that's that's part of that thing that's become part of the culture where maybe uh, maybe they're not working in the weight room when they need to, but the other part of it too is, have they been taught? Have they been told? Have they been has 
been explained to them, right? And um, so therefore, really, every kid loves the structure. We've talked about that. Every kid wants wants those pieces. And, uh, you know, but it's giving them the opportunity and kind of teaching teaching that culture that you want, because really, the, prob- the problem isn't, it's pretty simple, right? When we break it down, like, it's just the answer is simple too. And I think that sometimes when people talk about culture, we can make it as complex as we want. We can have all of these books and all these things, but you know, it kind of goes back to E plus R equals O. Well, how simple is that? And that fits almost every situation that we're in as does the culture cycle. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. You know, y'all both put that on me this morning. Uh, Tori told me yesterday, I believe. And then, um, and then Nick, you and I talked about it this morning, but when it was the retweet symbol and and how you said that, I was like, "That's that's gold, right?" And you said it best. Like, culture's not hard. It's not really hard. It's easy when you clearly identify it. And I think that's the thing that we need to get into. Is yes, everybody. Ha- I think every team has a culture, but then I think I think about Angus Reed. And you talk, you talk about the weight room and everybody wants to lift weights, but they have to be taught. So there's that modeling piece that keeps coming, coming up. So there's, there's something there with it. Um, what are you going to say, Coach Shore? No, I, I just think this is the best definition of culture I've ever heard. Right. And it, it's basically like the culture is the problem, but then it's also the yin and the yang where the culture is the solution. And you're exactly right, where everyone has a culture, every organization has a culture, whether or not it's defined and explicitly taught, that's a different thing. And that even might be the culture problem. So the culture solution is let's sit down and hash it out and define it and hold our players accountable and teach it and all that other stuff. But I think this is the most simple definition of culture that exists in today's world. And I know that that word is a buzzword, it gets thrown around a whole lot, but it really is that cycle and it really is that easy because every problem in an organization is a culture problem. Well, you know, and I think when you unpack it even further, like to really get it at its base and you talk about, uh, I'm sure you guys have read extreme ownership by Jocko willing, like here's the, here's the other thing that I've kind of looked at is like the culture problems. Well, in my 20 square feet, if I have culture problems, those are my, those are my problems. And I've, and I've really got to be the one. So I've probably caused them in some way, whether that's not having that clarity of message, but I'm also the solution to, to kind of navigating through that. Like, you know, when you talk about weight room or any type of the off season expectation or in season expectation, um, yeah, you're totally right. Like that, that's, we have to give them opportunities. We have to teach them, but we also look at it like, okay, that's, that's my job to get that done. So how can I do that in the most effective way? And it, again, yeah, I, I just think the simpler everything is. And as soon as uh, I started look, looking at this is my problem and how am I going to fix it? Uh, it? That really took out all the piece. Like the, the culture wasn't the kid's problem that that was my fault and i needed to set a different example and kind of start changing my, myself in order to help uh facilitate that so let me let me ask y'all both this and this this keeps running through my mind cuz it's an ownership deal is what it's sounding like it's totally an ownership deal so how how do we as leaders 
get other people involved to define our culture. So, Tori, you know the whole story about MRA football. It wasn't clearly defined. So can can it start from the bottom with the kids? Can it start with assistant coaches? Can it start with employees of kind of defining what your culture is, or your, your organization, your team? Um, or does it have to start at the top? You know, where is it in that scale? Do you start at the bottom? Do you start in the middle? Do you start at the top? And I don't have the answer to that. No, I, I think it's a great question. And um, I guess from my experience, it starts with identifying problems, right? Being really good at issue spotting. Uh, when I got my master's, one of the things that I had to do was look at it from the vantage point of an AD, look at all the programs that we have going on in our high school, look at all of our policies, and then where are potential red flags, right? Like where are areas that could be problem areas but haven't been yet, so they haven't really been addressed. And I think if you're running an organization, that needs to be your priority, right? Go through and start picking your program apart. And where are there potential red flags? Those are problems. And you could gather feedback for those problems from a lot of different ways. Maybe it's a leadership council. Maybe it's your players. Maybe it's your other assistant coaches. Maybe it's the parents or the community and what they see. Maybe it's other teachers in your building. But I think if you start to get those stakeholders together and you start to look for all the problems that you're facing or that you have as a program, and you start kind of like putting a hit list together and prioritize it and mm -hmm. attack, just get one off the list and then go to the next one and then get that off the list and go to the next one. I think that's when you can really build a, a solid program. Coach Winkler, anything to add to that? Or does that make sense? No, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that self-awareness piece, right? Like you, you have your 20 square feet. Well, if you don't identify the problems within your 20 square feet and I, I come over and say, Oh, well, Hey coach Tori, this is where I really think you need to be. Well, you, you also create that, like you, you can come back and say the same thing about me, right? Like kind of take care of what you've got, where you're at. And then, I mean, really it kind of spreads like wildfire, right? Like just the organic nature of things. Like once you start operating at that higher level, you're, you're helping all those, all those others kind of do the same thing, I think. So is it safe to say we all need truth tellers, obviously, to build a productive culture, you need truth tellers. You know, people they're gonna they're gonna speak to you and let you know, hey, this is what I see. Because think about if you're a new leader and you're wanting to establish something brand new. So you came from Gallup, you're you're at Clintonville, right? You had no idea what what baseline you were at. So you gotta have people that you trust and lean on to let you know what the climate of the the place is to kind of maybe set a benchmark for your culture. Yeah, and I think that's a, a huge problem that we see is a lot of times guys go in just guns blazing, right? Mm -hmm. Just burning everything down with the torch in their hand. And it really angers people a lot. Uh, a rule that I've heard first-year administrators live by is the first year, just observe. Don't make any single changes. The next year, that's when you upset the apple cart. But then you've been there for a year. You've kind of got the unwritten rules of the organization. You've seen how it all fits together. But then you're, you're not the new guy anymore in your second year. So I actually really like that approach. Yeah, well, and, you know, I think it doesn't it doesn't it seem like, uh, you know, just asking questions and really getting getting feedback from the stakeholders and just kind of asking, like, why? why they're thinking a certain way, why they're doing what they're doing. Um, you know, cause I, 
for me, there's a lot of times when you have those truth tellers and they'll say, Hey, why are you doing this? And sometimes you're, you're not even really thinking about it. You're just kind of doing it and it's maybe unknown, right? Like it's something that uh, just kind of happens and you're unaware of it. But, um, you know, I, I think what's great is we're, we're all in situations and everybody that's listening to this is going to be in a situation where you can, you can guide young people, or maybe even if they're an athlete and they're, they're mentoring others, like, you know, you, you have those opportunities to really work with those people and develop relationships. It comes back to that all the time, but, uh, you know, there, yeah, you need those truth tellers just to kind of identify and become self-aware before you can ever change any type of culture. And, uh, I, I think that that stuff's extremely important. Yeah. And as we're saying all this, we talked about being easy, right? How culture is easy. It's not hard. Uh, Brian Kite, and this is where I went to, I was, I was searching for this, but he said something today on Twitter, simpler than you think much, much simpler. So you think about those people that make it so hard, like there have to be, and I think about PJ Fleck at this clinic this past weekend, this guy was like adamant about, he goes, I got a receiver who's at Minnesota. Now I can get all 127 definitions. I have stuff on the wall. I have this, I have that. I'm like, I said, time out, bro. I said, is PJ Fleck driving your culture or are you driving your culture? And I think that's a big question to ask coaches who are listening to this, where are you getting your stuff? And if it doesn't fit into who you are, kids know a fraud. Kids know that. Yes, it's simple. Absolutely. But it's really simple if it's organic and it's from you and it's what you believe in rather than 127 definitions to put in your program. I don't know about you, but in middle school, I did not like learning definitions, nor would I want to learn them in a college football program. Yeah, and I guess to build off that, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're uh, in, in an organization, go ahead and just stop and list three potential red flags that you see. Maybe try to consider it from your coach's perspective. Maybe try to see it from your kid's perspective and then try to see it from a community and parent perspective. But I think if you can make a list of three and then attack those three with everything that you have or make those the priority in the off season here, if you're a football coach, like coach, we, like all three of us are, mm-hmm. um, then maybe attack those and maybe make one small change next year, or maybe, you know, try to get that red flag down um, and do that bite sized chunks, right? Like try to take a bite out of whatever problem is facing your organization right now. Yeah. And I think in the end of that, I, don't be afraid to pivot. Like if it's not working, Get it out of the way. If it's not working, I think so many people try to make that square peg into that round hole and make it fit just right instead of like that square peg needs to go in that square hole. And if it's not working, just cut it out, pivot, go to the next thing. Um, so, so many people, I think, try to do that. Uh, Coach Winkler, what do you think? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think it's so easy, right? But th- this this is the thing with that I, I don't know um, – what your thoughts are on this, but culture is simple, but simple is hard because simple, you know, the culture is consistent. And and I think that there's these points where, you know, just at the time when you're like, Hey man, I got it figured out. I got my own thing going. Um, it's, it's really working. Uh, there, there's the challenge to it. Correct. Like you're going to have somebody challenge you, whether it's writing the game day letters to you, to your, 
players before the game or something, and somebody's going to challenge that. Why do you do it? Mm. And, um, you know, I, I think that you consistently not, not that you need to defend those things, but you know, like not, not only are you adapting and you're kind of figuring things out, but you're also somewhat letting that culture, you know, as you start it, you have to be willing to, to kind of strain through those moments that, uh, they're, they're kind of like false, uh, they're the, they're, they're the false perceptions of it's not working, you know, because let's face it, every time somebody slams back, you have to look at why. And I think that's part of that self-awareness piece that, okay, why, why are they like that? Are they like it because they don't understand what you're trying to do or they, they want what you have, but they don't have it themselves. And I, I think that's a huge, huge piece because when you're a culture builder, when you're the purple cow, right? Like, man, the, the thing is you stick out like a sore thumb. So it's knowing when to turn, kind of turn the ship a little bit and try something new, but it's also when to strain through it and uh, right. stick with your guns a little bit and keep going. Yeah, it definitely is hard. Uh, I, I'll piggyback with that. Like just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. We said it's easy. Culture simple. The, the hard part is doing it day in, day out, making it routine. Um, goes back to the game day notes, goes back to the code reds for you, goes back to Coach Torrey's purple shoes, uh, his game day notes. Everything that he does, everything that you do, everything that I do, it's intentional. And it just didn't happen because, oh, it, it just happened. No, that is well thought out. And our kids have adapted to it and they look forward to it. And, and I want to clarify too, just because you spot potential issues doesn't mean you understand that issue. So that's a big piece to this is that some issues, some problems that your culture has um, are not going to be that glaring. They're going to take time to manifest. They're going to take time to really truly understand, but it's worth that time, right? It's worth changing directions just a little bit. It's worth a small pivot in a, in a better direction. Um, my sister-in-law is a chiropractor in Omaha and she always says, when you know better, you do better. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what this is, right? Once you've identified the problem or once you've kind of seen the issue, then we can do better if we really start to truly address it and understand and really get to the root of the problem. Yeah. just don't let that thing grow legs and start walking. Then it becomes a three headed monster inside your program and you haven't dealt with the real issue. You've kind of you put layers and layers of cake on top of it, but eventually that thing's going to come through and uh, it's going to rear its head. And then you got a bigger problem than it first started to manifest it in something way bigger. Well, and, and I think too, the, the, this is kind of something that I thought of as you guys both were talking. Uh, when, when you talk about identifying a problem, you know, I, I think that a very average leaders assume that those that might be uh might be kind of part of that culture problem are wanting to be part of it or uh, knowingly are participating in it, right? Like I think sometimes it, it's so important that when we're looking at what, whatever we're trying to get accomplished uh, in, our, in our group, in our organization, in our team, that we, we kind of have to go on with a mindset of maybe it's not necessarily known what's happening, you know, that's, um, I guess, you know, you can almost, you can almost kind of become unaware of the issue if, if you're in it and, you know, if you're coming in and you're doing, and you're addressing your culture right away, like it's good, to, it's good to have that perspective of maybe 
that issue really isn't an issue. It, again, it goes back to, it just hasn't been clarified, right? Like nobody's talked about it. And uh, I think, I think that that's a huge piece is you might, maybe the pivot is just addressing it in a different way. It could be the same thing, right? Like you, you just haven't addressed it in a way that's getting through to others. So um, I think it's knowing your people and finding different ways to communicate uh, solutions to potential issues. And then also to uh, continue some of those things that are really positive because not everything is negative. You know, I think for us, a big thing that we're working on is like, man, we, it, I have to do a better job promoting some of these positives. We had today, when you talk, we had a senior show up today that he's got no connection with the program. I mean, I'll never coach him again uh, in, in a sport. Uh, we talk a lot, but he didn't have to show up. And shoot, he showed up, he brought his brother and they roll in at 7 a.m. And I can guarantee it wasn't for that, uh, that 25 cent donut that was sitting there on the front table, you know? So I, I think those are some key things just to kind of keep in perspective when we're identifying the different parts of our culture that we want to address. Yeah, two, two things with that. So one, I think you identify what's the end game. What's the end game that you want from that whole piece? And then the second part, going to uh, that athlete that came this morning, I think any time to be intentional with that, you celebrate those successes. Anytime there's any type of success, he shows up, hey, you celebrate that. And you let people know, and you let him know, or you let her know, hey, I appreciate you coming um, and being a part of what we're trying to do here and help spread spread the culture, spread what we're doing at Clintonville um, or anywhere. So I think, one, you got you got to establish what's your end goal. And then secondly, with that is you got to uh, celebrate those successes so you stay with the positive because, it's, look, it's easy to get negative, and we're all coaches, and we know that. And when a kid, for us, <clears throat> when he drops a ball or misses a block or something like that, yeah, that's obvious. But um, any type of little success that they have, I think you celebrate those, and that goes a long way in the, in the positive way. Now, um, how that goes in your program, you know, that's, that's up to you for, for those coaches that are listening, but – um, that's a great point, Nick. Yeah. And kind of to give you a little bit of the backstory on that kid. And this is something that, uh, I think you take me from two years ago and I don't respond this way, but, um, that player had come to me in the summer and, uh, before he was really dead set on playing football, he told me that, uh, he really wanted to play, but he ended up he ended up having a hunt that he was going to go on that they couldn't get out of. And, you know, he's going to be gone for a week. And I was like, dude, that's week two mm-hmm. of the season, right? Like it's week two. So uh, he, he ended up missing some time, but I think the response could have been like, you know, the over the top, this is not okay. None of this, none of this is uh, really what we're trying to do, especially starting off a program, but that right there could have totally, like just burn that bridge, destroy that relationship. And, um, you know, you you almost have to, when you're teaching kids things, I think you have to find out where they're at and meet them part way. It might not be where you want it to be, but uh, you you also can't get it to where you want it to be if you just slam them right away. Right. And um, yeah, that, that kid, that kid is, he turned out to be our most consistent wide receiver on our football team. And he's really turned the culture around for it totally and I think a lot of the success that we'll have in the future is because of him you know and guys like him yeah a lot of things with that you know you know a lot of coaches harp on the negative 
because um, it's easy to harp on the negative, and and not, I'm not saying negative's bad. Um, I think the constructive criticism is needed, um, but anytime we can get to a kid and and look, I've, I've heard this before, and Coach Tory, you've probably heard this before as well, but I'm not going to treat every kid the same, but I am going to treat them fair, and that comes from Angus Reed, and that's a new way for me to look at stuff. Uh, yes, every kid is different and they have to be dealt in a different way, but each way that I'm going to treat them is fair, whether it's constructive criticism, uh, pumping them up by, you know, a two yard catch or whatever. But I think that's the big takeaway from all this is you celebrate those successes and you teach kids differently, uh, but you treat them fairly. Yeah. And I, I guess this, this is something too, that I think. You know, it, it gets even maybe a little bit uh, more into the Angus Reed stuff. You know, Angus, I was lucky enough to talk to him. And he said, really, you have to be very careful making statements, you know, because then all of a sudden that that puts this box around this situation. And, uh, you know, like you're going to we're going to do this. And, you know, because really you gotta you have to be able to bend a little bit to get to some of those guys i mean we've all had players that um, maybe come from struggling homes or they have interesting situations and man you you just have to your words are so important in how you communicate with them right and you know building those relationships but it goes back to too uh i think when you're more self-aware in how you use them uh you become a little bit more aware of where you're at with your culture cycle too because it, it's you're, you're always going to be in the cycle, but you ha you dictate the speed of how you're flowing through that, right? A little bit, like when you're in those positive moments where it's the solution, you're dictating that speed. Now you might have a little bit of a, a little bit of a jolt, you know, that's why I think that Twitter retweet sign is so perfect because you kind of see some of those little rigid changes of directions a little bit more. It's not this sweeping circle, but uh, you know, Man, standing within your 20 square feet and controlling what you can control, it, again, that's another simple thing, but that helps your culture cycle stay where you kind of can dictate the speed. And when you don't stay, take care of your 20 square feet and be careful with your words and how you're treating people, man, that's, that's when you let the environment dictate the culture cycle even more than it probably should. Coach Winkler, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I want to thank you for, for joining in tonight with us. Uh, Coach Tory. any final words as we finish up tonight? No, just kind of that uh, the culture is always the problem and the culture is always the solution. I think the more that we can keep that in mind when we face our, our daily challenges, the better off our organizations will be and we'll be able to lead with intention as leaders. Coach Winkler, I appreciate you coming in the classroom tonight. Uh, any final thoughts before we, we head out? Yeah, no, just thank you guys for having me on. You know, uh, you, you guys have been a huge influence on me and how I do things. And um, I would not, I would be, I guess, incorrect if I didn't say uh, that if it wasn't for you two guys, the culture here at Clintonville High would not be as strong as it is. And um, just really appreciate you guys and all you do. ProQuickDraw is the Microsoft Playbook development system that is centered on increasing your efficiency in drawing plays, generating scouting reports, creating scout cards, and much more. We have the capabilities of drawing within PowerPoint and Visio. 
Coaches are currently using the programs as standalone drawing platforms or integrating them both within PQD. You can create your presentation using PowerPoint, but quickly add plays from your Visio library. Build your library of plays from scratch or by using the PQD folder system. Create your playbook by adding drawings from your library to a custom template to help organize your final playbook. Utilize our Visio stencils or PowerPoint shape library to help you draw your plays. Speed up the workflow by not having to copy and paste. PQD will resize your drawing based on the template that you have chosen. Embed video within your presentation to help create a digital playbook. We offer templates for handouts and presentations for staff, unit, or player meetings. Generate your practice script using our advanced button. Print this for your coaches or send digitally to your players before practice. You can even convert the handout to scout cards and flip the drawings. Save time during the week not having to draw cards. Draw that play once for the year and you have it moving forward. Connect your library to a cloud service or the school network. When a coach updates a drawing, simply click the Refresh All Plays button to update the document. We believe we have the tools that can help you become a better coach. Download a free 30-day trial and change the way you work.